Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hey, hey, <laughs> what's happening? How is everybody today? I am just looking at uh, the feedback that I um, that I've been receiving for tonight's topic. Um, Yeah, good stuff today. Good stuff already. Sometimes I like doing that, just throwing a um, throwing a question out there and getting people's input. And um, today, <laughs> today I guess some really good input. I mean, as far as like, I always get good input, but I got really good input as far as clarity. Um, clarity on outlook it was just very specific very clear and very helpful with the feedback that i got today so uh thank you guys thank you guys for that let's uh hop on some comments here and see who's on and see who's saying hi and where you're watching from so today <laughs> today how, how am i gonna uh, uh walk into this subject unity versus division um well you know i i think this is how i'm gonna walk into it i was thinking the other day and i i made a little note to myself um about the division that's been occurring you know in the last four years six years whatever um let's see and yeah, you know, we we have seen controversy and conflict, you know, just stirred over and over and over. And, you know, some people are going in the direction that this is um, this is all planned and it's part of either a government conspiracy, a media conspiracy, a conspiracy of of the, you know, top four or five families in the world that control everything. Um, I saw Russell Brand do a, I just saw the beginning of his, his podcast. I didn't watch the whole thing, but he's, he kind of shot through a list of, uh, I believe what it was, was monetary value, um, a list of monetary values and it was just scrolling quickly. So I couldn't see who, you know, who had what that wasn't the point. The point was that there are countries and there are companies all on this list of, of people who have the most money and control. And so the point is, is that there are businesses that have more money and more control than countries, you know? So this is, this this is the 
you know, that's one aspect. There's people, it doesn't matter, <laughs> is my point. It doesn't matter where, if the controversy is planned, if it's incited, um, it doesn't really matter. It just matters that there's controversy. You know, we, we there's three steps to solving every problem. First, we have to identify what the problem is. Then we identify what the solution is. And then we implement the solution. And this is the stuff that it seems that we're not doing. Okay. <laughs> so, so like, but it, it doesn't matter necessarily where it's coming from. Not yet anyway. It's just that there's conflict, right? And we've seen it between political parties. Um, it, you know, at, there's always been controversy there, but at levels that we've never seen before. Um, we've seen it with neighbors versus neighbors through COVID, uh, black and white through race issues, women versus men with the Roe versus Wade thing. That's that um, is the latest, <laughs> biggest thing that's going on. So we have all this controversy. And what I'm seeing is it's it's just you know, we're stuck in divisiveness, um, which is wonderful, whether it's planned or whether it's not planned. It's wonderful for the powers that be because the governments can do whatever they want and we don't go after them. We just go after each other, you know, which I'll get into more. Um, but and then the, the you know, the all the money is like with money and power is just funneling upward. I mean, the, the, there was always a ridiculous amount of money and power that was controlled by a ridiculously small amount of people, right? Like 10 years ago was ridiculous. It, it, it was just, you know, <laughs> way out of, of where it should be. Um, right. And then now, if you look at what's happened just since COVID started, you know, just in the last like two, three years, the 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 dramatic shift of wealth and power to the, the elite is it, it's just it took what was ridiculous and, and brought it into the stratosphere of it's not even fathomable that we're, we as people are allowing to do it to do. Uh, them to do it to us <laughs> excuse me so we're we're losing we're, we're we're you know we're just all our money is being taken all our freedoms are being taken it's just one after another they're just they're just <laughs> taking everything and that you know like if there are people that are doing this like intelligently and specifically and it's planned they gotta be laughing they got they have to be because they're others are doing it and we are fighting amongst each other. And 90% of the fighting, I shouldn't put a percentage on it. A lot of the fighting um, is actually happening between people that are on the same side. You know, this is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to imagine, but it's true. This is what's happening. And this is why I wanted to do this podcast, because like we have to slow down at some point and just look at what's happening. Like, you know, in, in a grand scheme, just in a logical understanding way, we just have to look at it like that for a moment. And then we can start deciding 
what side we're on or what we're going to do or what we think is right from there. But this is not what's occurring. Everybody's just making an opinion. Just, well, well, uh, no, this is wrong. Well, this is right. Well, and they're to blame. Like, well, wh why would you even say that? Like, why? <laughs> this is, uh, this was one of the things I tried pointing out with the Roe versus Wade thing, the, you know, last week is because like I've seen probably three quarters of the memes and the, the, the social media comments out there are basically saying in one way, shape or form that men are the problem. And I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't like what, why? Because I have a penis, then, then I'm part of the problem. I'm incapable of ba bearing a child. So I'm part of the problem. I don't, I don't have the, like I, I don't have the capacity to understand that women should have freedom of choice. Like I, I, I can't understand that because I've a penis. I, I don't understand why, I, like why, why are men being attacked? Men didn't take your, your, your rights. Men, the government did that. Why aren't you attacking the Supreme court? <laughs> like they're the ones that just ruled on it. No, why? Because the memes sound clever. People are acting out of anger and they're just reacting. And this is what we're doing. And we've done it in everything that I've mentioned and we do it in everything else. So it's not just this. It's just this is, you know, right on the forefront right now. And I think I personally, I think it's a really good example because like there there was a woman there is a woman on the Supreme Court that voted for this. I have not seen one comment about her. Not one. Not one comment about her. A woman on the Supreme Court that voted for this. Not one comment. Instead, we have people... <laughs> oh, I'll get into that aspect later. Instead, we have just people attacking all kinds of people for reasons that, that don't make sense and are, are saying, saying things that don't make sense. So let's see, I'm just looking for a name cause I know this name. Okay. But there it is. <laughs> I knew this name, but I'm kind of folk. My brain doesn't switch back and forth between like um, flow and facts. So sometimes I need a little help. So Clarence Thomas, you know, I was looking this up. My understanding is from what I looked into is Clarence Thomas is not only did he vote for overturning Roe versus Wade, but he also said that this is a good time to um, re-examine uh, the ruling on everybody having the right to contraception. Well, if you're looking at if you're looking into reviewing that and and the way it is, is everybody gets contraception. I'm assuming his stand is to get rid of that. So people don't have not everybody has access to contraception. Um, and also with gay marriage and um, I believe gay sexual activities. He wants to bring all these up. Haven't heard a peep. He publicly said this, haven't heard a peep. Instead, what I'm hearing is that we should mandate vasectomies. 
like, and so here's a little bit about me, you know, maybe this, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this to, to hopefully, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, if people are open to it, bond a little bit and uh, maybe understand where I'm coming from. So, you know, right now, and I'm going to get into other things, but right now we're talking about the very sensitive topic of abortion. Well, I have contributed to a pregnancy twice that ended in abortion twice in my life. I didn't take them um, lightly. I thought about them to the best of my ability with the brain and the emotional um, perspective and abilities that I had at the young age that these occurred. And ultimately, both times, I left it up to the woman to make the choice and said I would support her either way. If she decided to have it, I would be there and support her in that way. If she decided to have the abortion, I would be there and support her in that way. That, that is what I told them. Um, and they didn't take it lightly either. Um, so, you know, that, that's... So I, I've been in these situations twice. So <laughs> if you want to judge me for that, then feel free. Um, the other thing about me is when my son was 12, I had, I had been contemplating not wanting to have more children for a while. And by the time he turned 12, my rationale said, yeah, um, sure that I don't want to have children. If I meet somebody that does at this point, I'm thinking that it would probably be, you know, maybe a couple of years before I got to know them and we're in this relationship because I was single at the time. I got to know them and we're in a relationship where I felt uh, stable enough to change my mind and, and have a child, which takes another year now all of a sudden you're looking at my son not being 12 almost 13 now you're looking at my son being 16 whereas you know he's he's going to graduate high school and and move on with his life around 17 or 18 and then I'm going to be starting over and I personally decided no that I, I don't want to do that so I was single. I wasn't dating anybody at the time. I looked into my insurance. I found out, I think I had to pay like six, 700 bucks or something. And I didn't have a lot of money. But anyway, regardless, I decided to do it while I had the insurance and while I was sure of this decision. So I get a vasectomy, you know, as a single man. I actually started dating somebody right, right before I had the surgery. It was already booked and everything. But I, I was like, hey, uh, I could have a procedure done like in a couple of days, <laughs> which uh, was an interesting conversation when you just started dating somebody, you know. But, she, you know, it was received very favorably, actually with great surprise, which I, I didn't. I, I looked into it because was it the right thing for me? And it was, I felt, and I still feel that way. So, so I did it. Um, she was very surprised. Like nobody talked you into this. No girlfriend talked you into it. No spouse, no 
There's no pressure. There's no medical reason. There's no nothing. I'm like, no, I just have decided that I don't want children anymore. And I think that this is the best way to make sure of that. So, so I did. And like I said, I'm glad I did. So this, this is my personal experiences around this topic. And I'm going to pause for a moment. Hey, Tim, thanks for tuning in again. Western Mass, man. Is that, are you out near the Berkshires? I used to go to uh, Kripalu when I lived up there. Um, saw Mike Obernard Beckwith there. And it's, oh, what a beautiful place that is. Um, hey, Raina. Good to see you in Dallas. Um, so, so, you know, so I've had my own personal experiences and I take this very seriously. And it's what I'm seeing is the divisiveness, like, like, and, and, and the, the, see, like I said, like all the topics have had their own version of this, but this one, I think maybe because I know more about it or uh, who knows. I, I think it's a little bit more rich with examples for us to use on this topic. Um, but I, I believe that we can use this with the Black Lives Matters and, the you know, all, all the other things I mentioned and more. Um, hey, very close to Berkshire's. Sweet, Tim. Um, yeah, so. So like. You know, so this is what caught my attention. And I started seeing the divisiveness in this because it's like, OK, we're, we're we have what we're not doing as a community is slowing down and taking this stuff seriously. OK, I'm going to I'm going to get into um, uh, I believe <laughs> this is my intention to get off that specific topic a little bit and, and talk about the divisiveness and, and how it develops. So like what happens is we are so reactionary in life, you know, and we're so inundated with information. We think we know everything about everything. And we've thought about things and passing here and there enough to form some sort of opinion. And we think that they're actually uh, thought out decisions, which most of the time, quite honestly, they're not. And they they certainly most often don't consider the other person's perspective. Like, like you're not actually putting yourself in their shoes. You're just standing outside judging them going, if I was them, I wouldn't do that. Like, well, you don't know. You haven't walked in their shoes. You're not in this situation. You don't know what's going on inside of them or what happened when this occurred or what has happened since. You don't know any of that, but yet you can determine what they should or should not do. You, that's called being prejudiced. That's prejudging. You don't have the information necessary to make judgments on other people's lives that you don't even know. You don't have the ability to do that because you don't have the information necessary to make that judgment. It's, it's not as simple as, is like, um, you know, Oh, they got pregnant. So you know, it's their fault. And if they choose an abortion, they're an idiot. It's not that simple. And, you know, fortunately, people have said, you know, the the aspects of rape and stuff like that. But that's just one aspect, like like the, the most extreme, horrible situations. Yes, we do need to take those into consideration. But but it's gray. Life is gray, man. It's not black and white. 
Like there, there's a long walk between here and here, you know, like, I mean, I, I, like I said, I went through two, I was involved with two pregnancies that ended up in abortions and I had a vasectomy. I think my experience gives me at least as much of a right to have an informed opinion as some woman that got pregnant and had a baby. Oh, you, you got pregnant and had a baby. So now you know what goes on inside of every other woman that gets pregnant and had a baby. Like you, you, you know, you know how their father used to come into their room and rape them when they were five. You're, you're familiar with that and you've taken that into consideration and then how they've had a string of abusive boyfriends because of that and how they have no self-esteem and how the only way that they can take care of uh, the, the children that they do have is to stay in a relationship with another abusive guy that 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 you know that, that pays their bills like you you've so you've you've thought about this you've dissected it you've spoken with them you've gotten a fair understanding about how they feel what they're going through and where their heads at and they should do make the same decision as you because you married your high school sweetheart and and um you know you both have jobs and you get along pretty well you bought a house and now you're going to fill it with children and you think that your situation is the same as hers because you have a vagina wrong you know it's that's not an accurate assessment that is just a reaction that doesn't take 99% of the information necessary to make your decision. It doesn't take it into consideration. It just says, screw it. I don't prefer. And this is what we're doing in all kinds of situations where we're just, and, and it's, this is what I mean. Like, I think this is a good example because, because the social media is, is ridiculous. We're, we're going, what we're doing is we're throwing ridiculous solutions out there that don't have a snowball's chance of hell in either happening or making sense. And I've commented on a few of them and it pisses people off. And, <laughs> and it's because they just want to lash out. They want, they're angry and they want to lash out and they're not thinking clearly because any of these solutions, let's, let's, um, let's, um, with some of them, let let's uh, ban Viagra because a limp dick is God's will, just like pregnancy. Oh, that that's that's helpful. Yeah, we we just had the government overturn a fifty-year ruling, and you're going to start making comments about Viagra. And I understand the point. I you know people are telling me like they're trying to explain it. Like, I freaking know what you're doing. You don't have to explain it to me. You're, you're trying to make an, a point that, that like, um, if it was a man thing, then, then this wouldn't be happening and all that crap, whatever. That's resistance. All suffering is resistance to what is. The fact is you're not going to solve a problem by hypothetically throwing situations out there that, that like, well, if it was this way, then this wouldn't be happening. Well, yeah, but it is this way. So shouldn't we deal with the fact that it is this way? Shouldn't we deal with that? 
instead of running around acting like we're intelligent, putting out freaking clever memes that go, yeah, but like we, we should mandate vasectomies um, for, for all boys when they come of age. Seriously, I had a vasectomy. It's not a fun experience. You think that all the parents in the United States are going to march their 14-year-old boys into a hospital or a place or an office and have their balls cut? This is, you think that that's actually going to happen, right? That all the parents are going to take their 14-year-old boys down and have them snipped. And then, and then they go, well, it's because it's reversible. It's not reversible half the time. It's not successfully reversible all the time. Do you know how many lawsuits there would be in freaking five years? Because you'd snip everybody and then, you know, whatever. 10, 15% of them can't have children. They have it reversed, but now they can't have children. Well, who are they going to blame that on? Whoever made them get the freaking vasectomy, that's who. And, and they'd be rightfully so because it's their freaking fault. You can't freaking do that. Who would pay for all these vasectomies? Like, it literally doesn't make sense. If your solution can be, like, dismantled in a matter of 30 seconds, then it's not well thought out. Okay? We have to start thinking of solutions that are actually well thought out. You know, and, and I'm not saying that I'm holding the solution, okay? What I'm doing here with this with this podcast is I'm trying to explain the difference between divisiveness and unity. So if we understand it, then maybe we can start leaning towards unity because we're not. We're leaning towards divisiveness and it's not getting better. It's literally getting worse. We've had more problems. This is probably the most ridiculously divisive situation that I've seen in the last four years. I mean, as far as like, like uh, it's not the most divisive. It's the most ridiculously divisive. I've seen the some of the most ridiculous comments that have no bearing on anything. It's like, so, so, so let's get into the divisiveness. Okay. So let's, the reason that this happens is, is you, you have an issue, right? So people get upset and they act out in anger, which is non-thinking. When we are angry, our brain literally shuts down. We go in, we, we, when we're angry, our body is trying to push us into fight or flight. So what it does is it takes the blood flow from the brain and other vital organs and starts pushing it to our major muscle groups. So we live in our, this is scientifically proven that our brain literally does not think well when we're angry. Hence the ridiculous memes that people think they're so clever and they think they're drawing attention. That's another thing I want to touch on. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure that that these, you know, half these ridiculous memes out there are, you know, the reasoning behind them is like, like once I blast them out of the water and show that they're ridiculous on a logical level, people are like, yeah, but, you know, they're, they're we're we're, we're drumming up attention. We're stirring attention around it. No, not really. Like everybody knows it happened. It doesn't need attention drawn to it. 
What what is drawing attention to something do? It doesn't change it. I mean, it's a good start. If we started there and then we did something, that'd be cool. But we don't do that. We don't, we don't draw attention and then act once we have everybody's attention. We just draw our attention for the sake of drawing attention. So half these memes, the ones that are, that are getting shared, they're getting shared because people and people have literally told me this. Well, you act, you reacted on it. So therefore, I'm going to, you know, that that's a win. Like, no, this, you know, that's the problem with the media is that they don't give a crap if what they're sharing is true or helpful. What they want is they just want interaction. They want to sell newspapers they want people to tune into their their news channel so they don't give a crap if it's true and they don't give a crap if it's helpful they just want to sell they just want attention and this is what's happening on social media people are posting these stupid memes that are not helpful and that and they're going like well i'm trying to drum up attention and it got your attention so it must have worked what do you need my attention for like, I, I, I didn't know what happened. I knew what happened. So you don't need my attention. I already know. <laughs> and so does everybody else in the world. This is the information age. We don't need to get people's attention. What we need to start doing is acting. And then people that are paying attention can hop on board because the whole world is paying attention. The whole, the whole freaking world is paying attention. You know, other countries are, 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 are posting pictures of, of you know, the, the, the Statue of Liberty sink, sinking. And we're going, geez, we should drum up attention around this. Huh? Everybody knows what's happening. <laughs> you know? so, so I understand, you know, like when you get pissed off and stuff and you want to just vent. All right, fine whatever, you know, share your memes, vent, all that stuff. But as some, don't, don't defend them. Like, I mean, <laughs> at least have the honest, this honesty to say I'm pissed off and I'm venting and I know it doesn't make sense and I know it's not helpful, but I'm just releasing some anger energy. I, that I would completely respect because that I understand. Like it's, it's, it's okay to be angry. It's just not okay to think that that's the final destination. I'm angry. Oh, okay. So are you going to allow yourself to feel that anger so it can release? And then maybe your, your head can get out of fight or flight and you can start thinking normally again. And then maybe you might work towards a solution. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And we're not. We're just, I'm angry. And if anybody says, well, would you like to like lean into a solution? Well, you're invalidating my feelings. No, I'm not. Like <laughs> being angry isn't the end. That's the beginning. Our emotions are there to trigger us and go, hey, this is something serious. This is something that has more impact on the way you want to live your life than when you drop the ice cube tray. So we're going to send you a blast of emotion that captures your attention and says, wow, this is serious. I should do something about this. And then you can feel that energy, let it pass, and then it'll be gone. And then you can start thinking clearly again. And then you can start moving towards the solution. 
This is what we're supposed to be doing. But we're getting stuck in the anger. We're just staying there. And so we're not looking towards actual solutions. We're looking for sides and we're looking to be right. This is why, like, um, one of the comments was, I think it was, I think it was Crystal, if I remember right. Um, she had a, she had a good point on this. Um, Not jumping to conclusions about people. Some examples. If you say children shouldn't be taken away from their parents at the border, some people assume that you want open borders. If you say you're pro-choice, some people assume you're okay with murdering babies. These topics are so nuanced and wide, but people tend to just shut down and make assumptions about what people think, feel, believe. We need to open ourselves up to listening and understanding other people's point of view and why they believe what they do on both sides for us to find a greater common ground and connection between us. Now, do, do you see how insightful that sounds? Hey, Crystal, there you are now. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is, you know, this is what we're doing. We're picking the most extreme situations. And as soon as somebody says something extreme, we go, see, that's, that, that's their side. That's how, that's how they all believe that. And that's why I don't believe that because they believe, uh, you know, they believe this. It's like, wait, 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 like that's, that's not what everybody believes. It's not what I believe that that's happened to me many times. And several times specifically where I was debating a topic, I think I was debating something on, um, on COVID like a year or two ago with a very intelligent person. And he was, he's at one point and, and he wasn't the only one that did this. A few people had done this. They started telling me, they started sending me YouTube, <laughs> YouTube videos of these extreme people that were that that were saying that uh, there was no such thing as COVID and and like all kinds of just ridiculous stuff that you could blow out of the water. They would they would just they were, you know they were on the side that they were looking to get attention. They were looking to get popular because of the COVID thing. And the more extreme stuff they said, the more followers they got because the people on their side were go, you know, and it's a big YouTube star saying it. They, and they didn't slow down enough to think uh, uh, that, you know, is what he's saying actually hold any water. <laughs> yeah. But what's what's ironic is those people are more dangerous to the people on the opposite side because the people on the opposite side think they start going, well, see, this guy said a bunch of stupid stuff. It doesn't hold any water. And this is where you're getting your information, Glenn. People like this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not where I'm getting people my information. That is not my opinion. And that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. And they generalized and tell, they start telling me what I believe. And they completely disregard everything that I've said. 
Like I, I've literally told them exactly what I felt and why I felt that way. And they took everything that I said, they pushed it aside and said, you must be getting your information over here. And this guy's a crackpot. Look, look, look how that we can destroy everything that he said. It's like, well, why don't you go over to the things that I said and see if you can destroy those? Because those are my actual opinion. And those you can't destroy. You're going to take some cartoon character on freaking YouTube. And be <laughs> because he's not on your side. So then we must be like blood brothers or something and think the same. It's ridiculous. You know? And this is what we're doing. We're, we're locking on to the most extreme versions out there and pretending that is the truth of the other side. Why are we doing that? Is because we are not looking to we are not looking to get along with anybody. So this is how our brain works, all right? The reason that we're divisive is because we're looking to be right. Whether you know it consciously or unconsciously, if you are behaving in any way, shape, or form like this, if you are being divisive, this is what's happening inside of you. Unconsciously, we have goals and we try to achieve those goals. So this is so like unconsciously, I learned, you know, one of the ways I learned this was driving. I didn't know it, but I had created an unconscious goal that I wanted to get from point A to point B as quickly and as efficiently as possible. I didn't even know I created that rule, but I would get angry whenever anybody would impede. And when I started looking into why would I possibly get angry just because I had to touch my brakes for a half a second? Why would that bother me? And it was like, oh, my God, unconsciously, I have this goal that if if anything happens that impedes my drive from being perfect, then it's going to irritate me. Oh my, I didn't even know I had this goal. So I changed my goal to, I want to make it from a, point A to point B peacefully. And then the same thing happened to me and my brain did something different. It went like, instead of getting upset about it, it gave me rationale why I shouldn't get upset about it. And it was the same thing. Last time something happened and my brain said, that's a load of crap. And I got upset. Then the next time, the same thing happened to me. And it goes, it's fine, Glenn. You know, there's no danger. Everybody's okay. No reason to get upset. You can still stay peaceful. You can still accomplish your goal of staying peaceful. It's cool. This is the same thing. This is a dynamic. This is how our brain works. So if you understand that dynamic, you can start interact. You know, you can see how it plays out in different areas. And it doesn't matter if it's big or small. It does in all of them. So what we're doing is unconsciously, we're trying to feel safe. You know, let's really get down to it. We're try everybody wants to feel safe. They don't, most people don't feel safe unless they've chosen a pin, an opinion. Because they, if they haven't chosen an opinion yet, then they think that they're in the unknown. They're in that flux. Well, I, I, I don't know. And that makes people very uncomfortable and feel unsafe. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I mean, this is part of what I teach, like getting to a place where you're very comfortable not knowing. I love that place. But most people, again, it's all unconscious. They don't know that they're doing it, but that they want to feel safe. And once their their brain, they don't know how to control their brain. So their brain will go, 
well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Oh, my God. Well, what about this side? What about this side? And we are in the information age and it's endless. You can go down rabbit holes on just about anything in the world for decades if you allowed yourself to. And it drives you crazy because you want to stop thinking about it. You want to stop obsessing about it. You want to stop worrying about it. So what you have to do is you have to pick a side. Then that quiets your brain. It's like, oh, okay, I know. Like, this is right. Oh, okay, good. I can stop thinking about it now. Because this is right. This is my side. And I've got a few things as to why, you know, that why this is um, right. So cool. But we're in the information age. So you're still inundated with it. And you're inundated with other people. And sometimes those people challenge. So then you have to defend you know, so then that, you know, and it just gets worse and worse. And, and the longer something goes, the more extreme the sides get from each other. Because why? Because they're constantly defending. It's attack, defend, attack, defend, attack, defend. It's all ego is in control. The ego creates separation. This is what the ego doesn't understand the concept that we are all one. So what it does is it tries to make you feel safe by feeling that like, you know, what's going on you're a good person and the other side they have to demonize that because that you it's only an ego stroke right so it's not permanent it's only temporary but it does make you feel better it's not a good way to live because you can never satisfy that you're always feeding your ego but but what it does is it creates separation so and the more separation the better you are the better you feel about yourself in an egoic way so it's not the real way. It's not actual self-love or actual self-esteem. It's pseudo self-love and pseudo self-esteem. You temporarily feel good about yourself, but then it fades because it's an illusion. It's not real. So, so then you have to be right about something else or you need to be righter and they need to be wronger. <laughs> so, so why? So you can continue feeling good about yourself because you because it doesn't like last it's it's it, because it's not real it's not actually self-esteem it's like filling a hole with imaginary dirt like you, you 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 put a shovel in and you go oh okay i feel better oh wait there's no dirt in there oh crap oh okay I put a shovel of dirt in here there you go okay i feel better oh wait there's no dirt in there oh okay i'll take a shovel of dirt here like you, that's what feeding the ego is like. You never get to a place where you have good self-love or good self-esteem because it's pseudo self-love, pseudo self-esteem that you're playing with. It's not permanent, never stays. It's illusionary. So that is what's happening with the ego, with the divisiveness. So you have to be more right and they have to be more wrong so you can keep that that food going and this is what we're doing and if you look at the way the brain works it's looking to be right you can see that why because it defends and it attacks it, it doesn't discuss if if your brain had the 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 goal of understanding the other side or understanding where people were coming from in depth and understanding the issue 
and understanding a possible solution that is actionable that could possibly work like and, and and to understand even what the problem is like if that was your goal then your brain would work differently it wouldn't attack defend attack defend attack defend because that doesn't get you what you want what what you want is information what you want is understanding attack and defend doesn't give you that so if you change the goal inside your head about what you're trying to achieve, your brain will start seeking out different information. Then we can start looking into things. We can start going, oh, okay. So, so with Roe versus Wade, you know, there's a bunch of people saying that the problem is men don't understand or, um, like we're out of balance, like men have been like superior in society for thousands of years um, over women, which is true, by the way, you know, and, and and we're out of balance and we need to bring that back into balance. Agree 100 percent. Totally agree with that. OK, but how are you going to achieve that? Like this is like you have to slow down enough and go, OK, how could we achieve this? And you, you can either try to achieve it through that topic. If you so choose, that's the best way. Best way. Like you could be like, I'm not even going to worry about Roe versus Wade. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go after what I perceive as the bigger problem that men have been in control over women uh, too much and it's still out of balance. So I'm going to go after that. OK, fine. You can go after that or you can go after specifically the Roe versus Wade. But either one of those, how, what, what would be a, a good way to accomplish that? Like from what I saw. So I, I think I took some screenshots like yesterday or something. And I was thinking about this. Like from what I saw that with the, the, the brief overall research that I did, because that's all it is. It's just brief, like, you know, overview stuff. Um, here it is. So, so you know, and, and these, I, I don't believe <laughs> all this stuff, you know, that you find on the internet. So, so we're not going to take it literal. We're, we're just going to kind of figure out some, some, some ballpark stuff. So basically what this is saying, men's views on legality of abortion from 1975 to 1922. I'll just end up in 1922 where we are now. So 30% of men say that it should be legal under any circumstances. 53% of men say it should be legal only under certain circumstances. Now, what's the women's women's legality women 38 percent should it say it should be legal under any circumstance 48 percent say it should be legal only under certain circumstances so that's very close you know uh and then there was one more the other one was 
men's self ID on abortion. Uh, it says, with respect to the abortion issue, would you consider yourself to be pro-choice or pro-life? Um, 48% say pro-life, 47% say pro-choice. So it's basically even on for men. Women, it says 61% pro-choice, 33% pro-life. So that is probably the biggest difference right there, um, you know, as far as men and women. But like, I mean, if you take a, a, a five to 10% um, differential rate, like, you know, that the, the could be a, a missing a certain aspect of, you know, the, these polls aren't right, <laughs> basically. Like if you put a five to 10%, these are basically the, the, there, some of them are basically even already, but they could fluctuate in either direction. So basically this, the, the, there's not that much differential between these are, and, and let's just say, even if there isn't right, just to kind of finish this point, let's, let's take the, the, just the men, because this is what we're, th this is the point I'm trying to make. Um, so men, 47, 48%, um, say pro-choice or pro-life. So it's basically even, and then men, uh, 30% legal only abortions, legal only under certain situations and 53% legal under any situations. Yeah. So, so if that's true, which, which it's interesting, there's actually more men, women, it says here 48% on legality of abortion, men, 53%. So there's actually, according to this, and it can be fluctuation, according to this, there's actually more men that say that that um oh no wait i got those i got the colors reversed let me just double check this i don't want to okay 48 Well, 48% and, and 51, 53%. So we're, we're, we're very close on legal under certain circumstances. And then the green is legal under any men. That's 30. And women, that's 38. Still, you know, we're, we're in the same ballpark here. This part is, so this is my point. We're in the same ballpark. And even if we weren't, even if we weren't, even if there was 25% of men and 75% of women and only 25% of men, still, men would be your biggest assets. If you were actually trying to, if, if you disconnected from the anger, for a moment and said, 
what is my best chance to, to um, overturn the uh, get Roe versus Wade back? Let's just say that's the topic. Um, or anything else you want to accomplish in this arena, you know, like, like um, women's rights going up. You're, you, you obviously are going to have a fair amount of women on your side. So the two places that you could get support and unite would be other women. The women that like are against you right now, you might be able to switch them over to your side. It's a tough sell because they're already on the other side. But you, you could attempt to do it if you wanted to, right? But what's the easiest people to get on your side? The people who already agree with you, right? So getting these men that already agree with you on your side and uniting with them and going, look, where, you know, I'll make up some numbers and I'll pretend that it's even more... Um, different than it is just just to make the point you get let's say we have 50 percent of women that that want this to change right and then you bring in 30 percent of men it's actually more like 50 but let's say we bring in 30 percent of men that's a large number of human beings i don't give a crap if they're men women um gay lesbian transgender it doesn't matter the point is is you have people on your side that's uniting. When you unite, you can get stuff done. So, like, in so, how would you get people on your side? What's the most effective way to get people on your side? By ostracizing them? Probably not. By telling them that it's their fault that the Supreme Court made a decision that they had nothing to do with and they don't agree with? Is that the best way to get them to unite with you? No, probably not. Like, do you, do you see how, like, if we just came together, like, it, it's, it's more, the way people are acting is that it's, more, they're acting like it's more important to stand up and point the finger at men who had nothing to do with this as, as a gender. The gender male didn't overturn Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court did. So uh, going after the gender male, what all you're doing, you're not accomplishing anything. You're not addressing the problem. You're not addressing what happened because they didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm on your side. And I'm a male. So, but if you're attacking all males and you're saying you're, you're implying derogatory things about all males, I'm a male. I don't really like that. It doesn't pump me up. How would you like it if <laughs> if if I ran around started and, and said, like, you know, uh, who knows? The, this, who knows what the, this could happen to me next? So let's say the Supreme Court gets some ruling that. Uh, that all men have to do this. And I go, oh my God, this is women's fault. It's the women's fault. We should, we should outlaw vibrators because that's not fair. And that, like, huh? <laughs> what does that have to do with the problem? 
Absolutely nothing. So I would be attacking, pissing off a bunch of women that might be willing to stand on my side because they believe like me right up until the point where I opened my mouth and put them down for no apparent reason and separated us. Do you see? This is why it's so detrimental. I'm not upset because um, like <laughs> women are, are, are attacking me. Like, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't really care. I don't because you have no control over me. You have no control over how happy my my happiness is. That comes from within. Um, I don't care. You, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. You can point the finger at me and say I'm sexist and all that crap. And I know it's not true. So I know that I'm on your side. So if you're trying to bash me down to make yourself feel better, even though I'm on your side, that's your shit. It ain't mine. So I don't really care. So you can do that all you want. So I'm not upset because people are bashing men. I'm upset is because you're shooting yourself in the foot. You have, we have an opportunity to come together as human beings and say, this is unfair. And you guys are missing it. And you've been missing it all along. Not just women, everybody. We missed it with the politics. We missed it with the Black Lives Matter. We missed it with freaking taking a knee at the damn football games. We missed it with, you name it. We've had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to stand together over an, an injustice. We've had opportunities to stand together over an injustice. And instead of doing that, we just sit around pointing the finger at these groups that aren't doing it. We get pissed off about the terminology that is said. This is one of the things that drives me the most crazy is people literally assign meaning to other people's actions. Like, I think the best example of that was kneeling at the football games. They kneel at a football game and somebody and they before they do that, they go, listen, I, I just want to let you know, this is not to be disrespectful of the country or the flag or the military. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm trying to draw our attention. I'm trying to use my platform to draw our attention to the fact that there's, there's racism within the police departments and it needs to be looked at because it's out of control. This is what I'm doing. And a bunch of people came along and got pissed off that they were kneeling at football games. And, and when they said, well, like, um, no, that like, you're, that's disrespectful to the flag. You go, well, no, I, I specifically said I'm not disrespecting the flag. I'm not disrespecting our country. Well, that's dis disrespectful to the military. No, I specifically said this is not to disrupt, to, to uh, uh, just, just lost the word, um, <laughs> disrespect. This is not to disrespect the military. I specifically stated that. Well, no, it is. It is disrespectful. How can people do that? How can, how can people just determine what my actions mean? Why do they have the right to climb inside of my head and say what you think and what you speak is not true? You don't actually think that way. You don't actually feel the way you say you think and feel. I'll tell you how you think and feel. You are kneeling as an act of disrespect. No, I'm not. 
I've said I'm not. Yes, you are. Why? Because I think you are. That's why. How is how did that turn into a fucking argument? How how does one person get to go inside of another person and determine why they are doing something? What gives them that right? Like, this is what I mean. Like, and we literally had a national argument over this that went international. It's absurd, people. It doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. Slow the fuck down and pay attention to what your brain is doing. It doesn't make any sense. You're just picking a side and, and you're rationalizing with shit out of thin air. Oh, it's this way. Why? Because I said so. Yeah, but the other side said that that's not what they're doing. Well, I don't care what they said. I'm going to, I'm just, it, it makes me feel right to say that they're wrong. So I'm just going to say that they're wrong. Well, what evidence do you have? Well, none. So I'll just make it up inside my head and say, they said, they think this and that's wrong. Yeah, but they said they specifically don't think that. Oh, well. Like, do, do, you, do you see the ridiculousness that we're dealing with? And if you don't, you're angry. Because this is just sheer logic. Like, th this isn't rocket science here. So we have to start uniting. Let me just touch on this. Yeah, people people do feel helpless, then they, they lash out. Um, I've noticed that people, let's see, that people addicted to being correct are often defensive. They'll dismiss others, talk over them, and inadvertently undermine them. How do I address this without sparking their defensiveness? Uh, Defensive. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, like part of this answer, it, it's we have to know who we're talking to. <clears throat> um, like most people, if you're if, if they are. I mean, so so I'm, I'm going to come at this a different direction. The best way to try to do this is to, to first put them at ease. And th that's a good rule for any conversation because our whole society is basically attack and defend. It's just heightened when there's tricky issues. So with well, the not even tricky issues, when there are emotional issues. So the best way is to set other people at ease. So it's to come in and be like, hey, listen, you know, like, I really want to understand you, you know, make it about them, set them at ease. So they know that you're not attacking them. And a lot of, and another thing you can do is ask them questions, ask them their opinions, you know, and be, I want to understand you, you know, Oh, well, okay. So what do you mean by that? Well, I've heard it said this way as opposed to this way. I mean, is that just different perspectives? Is there one reason you chose that perspective over this one? Like you can do stuff like that, you know? So that's one way. Um, but 
quite honestly, I mean, an aspect of this is, you know, I've said this before, like the, the, the ones that are most defensive and divisive, we just let it got to let them go. Like we don't need them. You know, there's the way I phrase it, like in my book is this, this 33% of people who see this 33% of people who see when they are shown. And there's 33% of people who don't see even when they're shown. So like the most of our problem is that the people who see spend a lot of time arguing with the people who don't see even when they're shown. And that's a waste of time because they're not going to see even when they're shown, no matter what you say, they're going to attack, no matter what you say, they're going to get defensive. This is why some of the back and forth I, I, um, I did over the last few days, I, I didn't even quite honestly, I, I didn't spend a lot of time playing that game because sometimes I just don't have patience for it. And I'm, so whatever, um, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing information out there um just to see if they take it and just to kind of get a feel for the dynamic of what's going on out there um so um so i don't always do that um but I'll, it's we we have to have more conversations the people who see need to have more conversations with the people who see when they are shown another way you know this is just a different way of phrasing the same thing you have people on one side, let's say, and, you know, of course, the, the percentages aren't right, but you have 33% of people that see it one way. You have 33% of people who see it another way. And you have 33% of people that are undivided in the middle. But and a lot of times what we do is we jump right over to the other side and we try to convince somebody on one side to get onto our side. And you're probably not going to do that. So it's just, you know, focus on the people that are open and talk with them. And if, you, if you're not angry and you're open and you're just expressing like um, lovingly information and you kind of watch how you address it with them, like they're going to sense that because this is, this is why... Like if we, if we do it right, it's so powerful because there's so much anger that when you bring in love, it feels so good. This world is craving love. So like if, if we're on one side and, you know, let, <laughs> and there's people on the other side and let's say they're angry, the more we act in love the more people are going to come over to our side. Why? Simply because most things are just different perspectives on the th same thing. And what's most important is how they feel, how people feel. If like, if I'm sending that, most people will choose love over anger. I mean, unless they're addicted to anger, of course, but, and those people we can just let go. But, like if you're, if, if I'm sitting there, if I'm in a room, right. And somebody comes up to me and goes, Oh, like, Hey Glenn, isn't that taking a knee like uh, in football games, a load of crap or, or it's not a load of crap. You know, let's just say there that, that, that our, our, um, our perspectives are the same, right. They're, they're saying the same thing that I believe in, but they're really angry about it. And then I have somebody else 
that's saying the same thing that, that I believe and they're really loving. Or they might even not be committed to one side or another, but they're really loving. Like who, and I have a choice after being introduced to both of them, who I'm going to go spend my time with. I'm going to choose the nice person. Not because I disagree with this person. It's just I don't like being around angry people. <laughs> you know, that's all. It's just that simple, you know. So the more, this is another reason why we need to center ourselves. We need to center ourselves because our brain starts working. And we also need to center ourselves so we can come from love instead of frustration. You know, um, but Martin Luther King said it well. And Gandhi said stuff like this. And Nelson Mandela said stuff like this. See, this is, this, we have examples in human history that prove this. And people just dismiss it. And then they stand on a, this is, this is why like that, the, the NFL thing irritated me so much is because like, it's a complete made up idea that somebody made up in their head. It's not even true. You can't tell what somebody else, what they think and feel that's completely illusionary. So like, and it became a whole argument, right? And people stood in that firmly and still do right? Stick their flag into the freaking ground and go, no, they're assholes. And this is right. And they, they will, some of them will freaking die for that. Right. And then you have this example of, um, MLK Jr. Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, who actually used love to the energy of love, not coming from anger, not attacking the other side, um, communication, understanding where the other side came from, they use these techniques to incite large social change, right? And um, also, you know, especially with Gandhi, refusal to, to adapt, like all these things and of concrete, literal examples, how large social change has taken place and you bring it up and people go, ah, That's too much work. It's like, huh? It's, it's literal history. Like, <laughs> we have specific real-life examples of how this worked, and you're still refusing to do it. And instead, you want to put out a meme about vasectomies. And you say you're part of the freaking solution? Come on. Slow down, disconnect from this hatred, disconnect from this anger. Use so we can start using our heads again, you know, and come up with some viable solutions here. Like, and, and like I said in the beginning, I don't know the answer, but, uh, but I'll tell you where to begin, where the problem is. Begin where the problem is. What's the problem? Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Really? You don't like that? Maybe you should go after the Supreme Court. Makes sense to me. I don't know why we're going after half the people on the planet that have nothing to do with that particular activity that you're so upset about. If you're upset about that activity, try to change that activity. You know, this is, that's, all, that's what you do. Like this is, and how do you do that? I don't know, you know, like that, but you can have actual conversations spawned out of logic, 
out of just stuff that makes sense instead of running around like a four-year-old just throwing a temper tantrum everywhere and thinking that that's going to change policy. Like you don't like the policy. So shouldn't you try to be changing the policy instead of coming up with clever memes that are going to get a bunch of likes? What, like, like, like if, if, if you get like, you know, a thousand likes, does that mean that you don't have to get an abortion or that you can get an abortion, I guess? Like what, how does that solve your problem? And make it doesn't, it's an ego stroke. And then you get a bunch of other people that are on your side going, yeah, you tell them. Yeah, you tell them. And then they feel more right. It's like, oh my God, it doesn't even have anything to do with the problem. There's no solution. What are you yahooing and supporting each other about? Being a victim? Clear this stuff away. Just ask yourself some logical problems, some logical questions about the problem. What is the problem? Roe versus Wade. Okay. If you don't like that, what do you think would be a good way to get that changed? Well, political pressure, because it came from a political system, right? Well, who voted to overturn it? Clarence Thomas did. Let's go after him. That woman that I don't know her name on the Supreme Court that voted for it. Let's go after her. Uh, the other people that voted for it on the Supreme Court. Let's go after them. They're the ones that did it. Go after them. How? Oh, I don't know. At least start, in that start conversations with that. At least start a conversation with that. Start, that's how solutions come up. When you have a solution about the actual problem, you do not find solutions by, by discussing things that have nothing to do with the problem. How would you solve a problem discussing something that has nothing to do with the problem? That doesn't have any control over it. There's no possibility of that fixing the problem, but you're going to discuss that. That's where you're going to put your energy. And you're going to feel like you're on the right side. Okay, good. Go feel that you're on the right side while more of our freedoms get stripped because we can't slow down, disconnect from the anger for five minutes and start thinking logically about what, what do I not like here? Okay. Do I know everything about it? Can I understand what's the other side saying? Because I don't believe half the people in the world are assholes. So they must be thinking something different than the way I'm thinking. Maybe I should look into that and explore that. And just, just so I can understand them better. For, you know, that, that, that's, like, that's one of the things that Nelson Mandela did so well. When he was fighting against, he didn't get anywhere. He signed frickin' jail for, what, 27 years? 29 years or something? <laughs> Oh, good ground, Nelson. Yeah, he didn't accomplish anything when he was sitting in jail. And when he was angry, but after a while, all of a sudden his anger started shifting and he started opening up and having conversations with his oppressor. Why? To understand where they're coming from. Because then you can connect on your commonality. See, we are all more alike than we are different. And this is where unity comes from. 
we think our preferences are so important. Like, for example, again, this abortion thing, like some people are pro-abortion, some people are anti-abortion, right? It's ridiculous because it's not a, it, th this is not an issue about abortion. This is an issue about freedom of choice. That's what this is. The idea that you think you can tell somebody else what to do in their life is wrong fundamentally. You can't, as, as long as it doesn't affect somebody else, you know, like, I mean, if somebody's running around killing other people, well, then they should be stopped from killing other people because it's affecting other people. But if somebody gets an abortion, that's their business. That's their life. And you're not God and God does not need your help. So if that's your freaking theory, God, God doesn't need your help. Trust me. God created a whole universe and the planet and all the people and everything that's ever existed or ever will exist. But he needs your help around abor abortion because he just can't handle it. Like, so he needs you. No, God's fine. Thank you. He can do his job just fine. So, so like you don't have the right to tell somebody else how to live. I don't care if you call it religion. This is what that this is zero difference, zero difference from all the, the the millions of people that got killed in religious wars. We're Christian, you're Jewish. Let's kill them. Huh. And then you know, now we look back on that and we're like, oh my God, this is horrible. They killed all these Jewish people. Be why? Be well, because they 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 were non-believers, they weren't really people. They, had, they didn't believe what we believe. And what we believe is the most important. So we have to hang on to what we believe because that's not, no, that's not the most important. Living in harmony is the most important thing. Jesus never went around teaching like, oh, we all have to believe the same thing. We all have to believe everything. And if they, if people don't believe what you believe, kill them. Jesus never said that. If they don't believe the way you believe, then pass laws to make sure they don't live their life the way that they live. Jesus never said that. This religious argument is ridiculous. So, but if you want to believe in it, that's fine. That's fine in it. Just, <laughs> but I don't understand why you have the right to climb into side, inside somebody else's life and determine what they should or should not do without knowing what their circumstances are, without talking with them, without finding out if they've thought things through, if this is a viable option, if. So I think to finish up, <laughs> uh, yeah, this, I figured this, this podcast was going to go like this just because it's, it's, Honestly, sometimes it's tiring. Sometimes I get tired because I have to be involved in society to some degree because it's my job to try to help. And so, like, I have to see this ridiculousness on a regular basis and I have to try to give information that hopefully some of you are going to weed through my sarcasm, my frustration, and actually hear the messages. And I know that some of you do that well. 
um, because this is why so many of you listen <laughs> and thank you for that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, maybe that's a good example of what we need to do in this world is do start doing it with me, you know, understand that sometimes I get frustrated and this stuff to me is ridiculous, um, because I'm past it. Um, and I have to talk about it sometimes. So like sometimes my frustration comes out. But what I try to do is come back to logical thinking. I, I, I don't, you know, even if you disagree with half of it, some of it you can't disagree with. Not if you're using your logical brain. You know, it's, it's just logical. And what I mean by that is like we just we're, foundationally we are human beings. We are not men and women. We are human beings. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We all want to be heard. We all want to be loved. We all want to be treated with respect. We all want freedom to live our lives the way that we want to live our lives. And if we started there connecting there, if we just started connecting there, and we didn't throw those out the window if there was something that wasn't our preference. So this is what we're doing. We're choosing preferences over foundational freedoms, which is ridiculous. Because what happens is if you, if you, if you choose, if you support stripping freedoms because you disagree with something, what's going to happen is you're, you disagree with that and you'll, and, and you'll get what you want in some situations, right? And you'll feel all proud and your ego gets stroked and you're like, yeah, I'm not, you know, abortion is wrong and now nobody can have one and I won and Yahoo, yay, our side won. And, and that's going to last right up until the same government that helped you win your little preference goes against your preference in the next situation. Next situation, you, you think that, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe you don't have any education. So you, you, you want, uh, well, no, I don't, well, whatever. It doesn't matter what the example is. So, so let's say for some reason, because of your personal experiences, maybe your children, maybe uh, yourself, uh, whatever, um, maybe your career choice, you decide that you want national health care. Um, because, you know, you're drowning in debt because of some medical issues and you happen to be a personal trainer like I was for many years. And you, so you didn't have health insurance, um, you know, because of the situation. I mean, I was subcontracting independent contractors through a lot, most of my years. So I didn't have health insurance, you know? So, so like, so let's say that that's the case. And you think that there should be national health care. And then all of a sudden, like they and, it, and they they get it right. They get it all set and you can have it. And then all of a sudden people the the government comes in and goes, no, we decided that um, the government can't be involved in, in health care. Uh, it's unconstitutional or something. And, that, you know, whatever reasoning they come up with. Of course, the, the meaning is so they have more money and power, but but they use some excuse. And then all of a sudden they, they swipe away what, what, what you want. And you're like, well, wait a minute, man. Like, that's not fair. How can you get to choose like whether I have health care or not? This isn't a very good example, as you guys can tell. But 
<laughs> See, I assume you guys are smart. You know, and I, I, I think that more people should do that. Like, I, I know you guys are intelligent. I know that you guys, like, understand stuff. I know you guys understand when I'm using a crappy example. <laughs> this is a crappy example. But my point is, is that if you strip freedom, you don't have freedom. That's a problem. And you think it's a win because you got your way in this one. It's not because you lost your freedom. And down the road, something else is going to happen and you're not going to have your freedom there. You're not going to be able to live your life the way you think you should. Why? Because you voted to give up your freedom. That's why. But it was masked as an issue. So you didn't see it coming. This is the type of stuff that you start seeing when you slow your mind down and start looking at this stuff logically. You know, who's benefiting? Like, you know, where, where, where's the money going? These are all questions that you can start finding. What's the actual solution? How can we come together? You know what? Like, what, what's the best way? So I'll, I think I'll probably wrap it up with this. You know, what's the best way for us to overturn the Roe versus Wade thing? Well, you know, you, uniting. <laughs> this is the best way to accomplish anything. And it's something we haven't tried yet. Why? Because we're too busy arguing, acting like it does something. Picking a side and standing in it as our country gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And you lose more freedoms and more money and the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and you lose more freedoms. And everybody's standing around going, yeah, but I'm right. Okay, well, that and a token gets you on the bus. Congratulations. You're right. We now have no money and we have no freedom and we're basically screwed. But but you, you won your argument, so congratulations. Very, very happy for you. <laughs> you know, it, it's we have to stay true to... Su there needs to be something underneath that we can stay true to and love is kind of too big for everybody right now but maybe we could understand freedom on an intellectual basis like that's not a real hard concept just like hey if if what somebody does doesn't affect me then they can do it as long as it doesn't affect me or my loved ones or society in general they can do it. And just start there. Just start where we what, where we start taking our freedoms because we are not like that right now. We th th that's not the reality of the world you live in. If you live in the United States and you think you are free, you are out of your fucking mind. You are not free. Just just the seatbelt law is a good example of that. But I have to wear a seatbelt or else I have to pay the government money. Why? If, 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 I, if I drive into a wall and kill myself, how is that hurting somebody else? Why, why do I have to be punished by law? Because I chose not to be safe in your eyes. What? Like, 
you know, and there's lots of little things like this. And they put it all in the name of safety. And everybody goes, oh, okay. It's well, it's in the name of safety. So I don't give a crap if it's in the name of safety. What I give a crap about is do I have freedom of choice in my own life? I don't. Well, then I have a problem with that. So, <laughs> Raina, thank you. I am making a difference. I appreciate that. You know, I do. Luke, I appreciate you assuming we are smart. Thank you. You make a difference to me. Love is the answer. Love supreme. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Um, yeah, love, love is the ultimate answer. I don't know, you know, and I mean, if, you're, if your brain can conceive that, cool. You know, if like I heard somebody say many years ago that like if Jesus came back, he would just sit there and he would be like, oh, man, you guys missed it. You guys missed it. I know they <laughs> I know you guys put in a lot of effort um, into following my word and creating a, a religion around it and all this stuff. And, 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 you know, I mean, the Vatican's the richest country in the freaking world, isn't it? You know, um, and then they got to take special, I'm not even going to go off on that. Um, so, but, um, you know, religion, specifically the Christian religion has done a lot of good in this world, lots of good. Um, but they miss the point of Jesus's teachings because Jesus's teachings were love. So this is what I was going to say. Like if Jesus came back, he'd be like, oh, you guys missed it. It was just love. That's all. Just love. Just love one another. That's it. See, what we do is we let the means the, the end justify the means. So we go, well, yeah, but the, you know, this is really important. So I can lie, cheat, steal, be an asshole, whatever to accomplish that because that's really important. No, that's not how it works. We are the sum of our means. If we lie, we are a liar, not forever, but in that, you know, when we're lying and if we do it consistently, then yeah, you know, <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's all about I, I was actually watching some of that designated survivor show. I don't know if any of you guys have watched that with uh, Kiefer Sutherland or whatever on um, Netflix, you know, and they were they were talking about he 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 pulled this move to to like um, basically bully and blackmail uh, this this corporation into doing what they said and 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 the people were back uh the people who worked for the president were back behind and they were like wow how would you classify that and be like that's a great leader it's a great leader because he blackmailed somebody that was doing the wrong thing it's like no that somebody just and and and, and i actually supported the president's um um ideology in this particular episode here um but when when you when you behave poorly that's not love and that's the beginning of the dysfunction and the the falling apart of everything like we can't 
we can't say I'm going to be, uh, 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 you know, a liar, a cheat and a thief. Um, so I can accomplish this. You know, I had to deal with that when I went to court for my son. I knew that if I lied, I'm an intelligent person. I could lie really well and I can manipulate. I was an alcoholic for 20 years. I'm very good at manipulation. So I can lie and manipulate really well. If I wanted to go into a court system and lie and manipulate my way through, I think I could do it pretty easily. So I had to stand on a cusp of that going like, I think my son is in a dangerous situation and he needs to be living with me. This is just my personal opinion. So like, I had to look at that and go, okay, does the ends justify the means? This is a big end. And if my son doesn't move, end up living with me, I think the repercussions are going to be enormous and he's going to suffer dramatically more from my perspective. So what did I do? Did I lie, cheat, and steal? No, because that's not who I am. I had to... I had to double down on love. I had to double down on love and say, and, and a power greater than myself and say, listen, like I put my love and I put my faith and my trust in you. And, and, and I'm just banking on that. And I know whatever happens is in my highest good and in my son's highest good because I trust in love and I trust in the situation. And I had to make sure I believed in that whether he moved in with me or whether he didn't move in with me. If, if I just believed, Oh, I'm going to hand it over to God and trust in love. But if he doesn't move in with me, then I'm going to be pissed. That's not trust. That's not love. That's trying to manipulate God <laughs> to getting what you want. So I had to make peace with both sides. If he doesn't live with me, then there must be stuff for us to learn. He's on his own journey. I'm on my journey. And even though I can't see the wisdom in him staying in that house, I'm going to have to trust that there is some that I don't understand and it's coming from God. And if he does move in with me, then yippee-ki-yay. And I made sure my energy was in alignment with that before because it was love-based. I wasn't trying to manipulate something to get an important result that I wanted. That was probably one of the most important results that I'll ever have in this lifetime. And I still didn't allow my behaviors to change to try to achieve it. And you know what happened? The first day in court, I had no rights, zero. My ex-wife had full custody, full placement. First day of court, my son was lifted out of the house and put into mine and stayed there for the duration while they fought it for another year and a half and lost. So he stayed with me permanently. First day, complete overturn. It's insane. That doesn't happen, but it did. You know, love, 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 love. First, the way we act first. We have to put the way we act towards one another. You can't act in anger or hatred and pretend you're a good person loving because you're not. If you're acting in anger and hatred, you're an angry, hate, hateful person. That's what an angry, angry, hateful person does. They act out of anger and hate. It's really that simple. 
Don't rationalize your behavior. If you're acting out of anger and hatred, own it and start to work on something different. Start understanding these concepts and start implementing them to the best of your ability. All right. That's going to do it. This was a super long one. All right. Thank you guys for uh, listening, watching, paying attention, participating. I love you guys. This was awesome. Um, I feel heard. <laughs> so thank you. Um, all right. You guys be kind to each other, be loving to each other. Um, like I said, try to find the principles in this. Try to find what I was saying understand it and implement it not necessarily the way that i said i say things to 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 kind of shock sometimes and to make a point stuff like that that's i'm passionate that's what i do right so weed through some of that if you need to if it if it resonates with you then cool it's you know then then i'm hammering it and you're loving it and that's cool if it's not completely resonating with you that's just the style don't lose the message in the style Look for the message, you know, and then try to implement that. So, all right. Peace out, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly. 